Lord, as we prepare to worship you, as we prepare to praise you, Lord, as we prepare, Lord, to receive communion together. Lord, we celebrate all that you've done for us, who you are, your goodness, your faithfulness, God, your promises are forever, yes and amen. Lord, we come into your house today with hearts full of thanksgiving, Lord, filled with rejoicing. We celebrate you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, turn that up.
singing that. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. Heavenly Father, this morning, we do give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the plan of redemption. We thank you, Lord Jesus, you bore our sin, our sickness, our disease, our shame, our guilt. We died with you on the cross. And now we live with you resurrected by your power. We worship you. We glorify you. We honor you. Now, Holy Spirit, I'd ask today that you help me express the Father's heart to your people. May every heart be good ground. Every heart softened and ready to receive the word of the Lord. We thank you for the corporate anointing this morning. We thank you that we represent the body of Christ. Every one of us important. Every one of us has a function. And so we come together as that body to worship you and give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kids, you're dismissed. You may be seated. I'm going to get right into it this morning and we'll receive our tithes and offerings at the end of the service. I'm glad that you made this a priority this morning. Because in the days ahead, we need to realize we are a family. We're one body in Christ. And uh, what I want to do this morning might be a little, little different for communion. We'll receive communion at the end of the service. But I'm going to share some things from my heart. I'm going to share some things from the Word. And I'm going to begin by sharing some, some things from the prophets today. You know, the, the Scripture says that you, know, you, you believe God and believe the Lord and you'll be established. But you believe the prophets and you'll prosper. Well, there are certain prophets that you can believe. You can't believe them all. But there are certain ones like, you know, we were at the convention, a, you know, a week or two ago, and, and uh, we heard a lot of prophetic things. And uh, I'm going to share some things from Hank. But I want to share, people think I'm, I'm, I'm hard and, uh, you know, whatever, but... I'm really, when the anointing comes on me, I, I, I cry. So if I start weeping, just don't pay attention. I want to share some things that, that uh, God spoke to my heart this year. But I'm going to begin by saying this. In, 19, in the mid-1980s, when I'd first just become a pastor... And we were going through some things, and it was hell. And I'll never forget this, and I've shared this, but I was sitting in a chair at our old house at 209 South Pine, and it was about 1 o'clock in the morning. And, and God spoke to my heart four directives. 
And I was just fresh out of Bible school and ready to win the world to Jesus. And and I, I couldn't eat. I, I just I can't even begin to describe what was going on. There was a just a all out you know war against us and a battle. And God spoke to my heart sooner than you think. Must be prepared. No fear and strategy. Those were four directives, and I'm thinking, well, that's for next week, or that's for next month, that's for next year. It was for this time. And all through the past 30 plus years, I've I've ministered along those lines, and I just, this morning, I want you to know and, and discern and recognize what's going on right now. And what's going to happen. And the fact that we are one body and we need each other. It's so important that you, that you discern the body of Christ. We need each other. We need each other's gifts. So everyone is important. Everyone has something to contribute. And so those were four things in the back of my mind. Well, I listened to this gal. I've listened to her the last few months. Her name's Deborah. How many of you know who I'm talking about? That night cry with Deborah. You can't hear everybody or listen to everybody. And I heard something uh, last night or the night before. And in 1984, she was young and she was at Bible school. She was at a Church of God Bible school and God spoke to her heart some things, and she put it in a book. And so just the last few days, she happened to get that book out and read, what again, what the Spirit of God had told her way back then. Somebody's having fun. Maybe you'll be doing that by the end of the service. I don't know. But she began to share some excerpts from this book. So I want to read some of this. I jotted it down. Then I want to read some things that Hank spoke at the convention. Number one, I want you to not get in fear. God doesn't give his people a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We have the victory in Jesus. But on the other hand, there, there has to be this attitude of, of preparing for the days ahead. And knowing what to do to the best of your ability. I've heard a lot of things. A lot of things, they just don't register in my spirit. So I just disregard them. But then when you hear things from two or three witnesses, the Bible says, let every word be established, you know. So you know there's a vein there. We listened to, to Kent Christmas a couple nights ago, and his whole message from a Tuesday or Wednesday night thing was on fear. How God doesn't give his people fear. There is the fear of the Lord, but God does not give his people fear, a demonic fear. And as you're well aware, you're aware that a lot of people have been afraid with this COVID thing. It's a bunch of hooey. What's that? Yeah. And so these are some things. Let me read some of these things, and then I'm going to I'm going to read I'm going to read uh uh, these things from her, then I'm going to read some things from Hank, and then I'm going to give you some things that God gave me. 
and it, it lines up. But it, here's what she said, and, and I agree. It says, the blood of the innocents will be visited upon America. Do you, are you aware of what I'm talking about? Abortion? 65 million babies plus. God's not going to overlook that. Hard times are coming, but God will be with us. Now, this was all in 84, some of these things, you know. There's a storm coming. Only those who abide in the secret place will have no fear. Say secret place. That's going to come up more than once this morning. She says, read Psalm 91, make it personal. Make it personal. Put your name in there. Only those in the secret place will be safe from harm. The storm will come without warning to America. Now, I've talked with Kathy and there's still, there are a lot of Christians out there that don't have a clue what's going on. What God's doing and going to do. That's why, you know, if you don't believe in the five-fold ministry gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you're going to be left in the dark because you need those gifts. We need the prophets. A storm will come without warning to America. Those um, put in the cleft of the rock. Remember, where was Moses put in, the, in Exodus? Where did God the Father hide him? In the cleft of the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. It says they will stand and not fall. So I plan on standing. I plan on not falling. And you too. The storm will pass. Say the storm will pass. They will see it pass by and not be afraid. So what I'm telling you today, and I'm not a prophet. I'm just a shepherd. But what's a shepherd supposed to do for the sheep? Lead, protect, warn, feed. Those are all functions of the shepherd. So if I'm saying something today you don't agree with, and, and maybe you think I'm in left field, I'd rather say it than not say it, and then see you be full of fear. Amen? The storm will pass. They will see it pass by and not be afraid. They will give witness to the might and power of their God. The effects of this storm will shine in the... This is what's good. The effects of the storm will shine in the hearts of the multitudes and they're going to repent. So, what? I, something... I, I'll, I'll be honest. I can't tell you what's coming. But it hasn't come yet. But when it does, it's going to shake people to the core. But just remember, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Okay? But that doesn't mean we should not. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. We should, we should hear what God is speaking to His people in this hour. Listen to it. Amen? And then act upon it. He says, the storm will shine in the hearts of multitudes and they're going to repent. I will hide you in my hand and deliver you from the death angel. 
That's in reference to what? Exodus chapter 12, remember? Where they applied the blood of Jesus to the lintel and the doorposts and, and the death angel passed over Israel and, of course, Egypt and the firstborn, amen, of the, of the, of the children and the livestock, were, they woke up or they were dead. Those who are sold out, say sold out. Those who are sold out to the Lord, God is going to protect and provide for them. I'm sold out. I believe you're sold out. Then what? God's going to protect us. God's going to provide for us. So this isn't just gloom and doom. Amen. My blood covenant stands forever. What are we doing? We're partaking of a covenant meal today. God's blood covenant with his people is eternal. No harm will come to those who humble themselves. There's a humbling when you... You should humble yourself when you receive communion. Those that humble themselves, wash their hands clean and have pure hearts. See, God's interested in your heart. What condition is your heart in? It says, they will see the salvation of God. Say this with me. I will see... The salvation of my God. She goes on to say, this is from 1984, they will see miraculous provision as no other generation of my servants have ever seen. Now think about that. They will see miraculous provision. What will we see? This is, this is talking about you and I. We will see miraculous provision that no other generation of my servants have ever seen. So that should bring peace to you. No matter what happens, God's going to take care of us. Now, here's, here's a good statement. She says, you cannot walk in the flesh and serve in the power of God. You cannot walk in the flesh and serve in the power of God. So if you want to flow in the power of God, if you and I want to flow in the miraculous in the days ahead, we cannot walk in the flesh. How many of you still got some flesh? How many of you just have just recognized when you say some things and think some things and act like an idiot? Man, I still got some flesh. Well, we're supposed to put the flesh under. Let the spirit man rise up, rule and reign. Amen. You cannot walk in the flesh, serve in the power of God. Now, I'm, I'm taking my time here. I'm not going to preach a, a little a sermon. I'm just sharing some things from my heart. But I want it to sink in to you. You cannot walk in the flesh and serve in the power of God. Now listen to this statement. This lines up for what we're going to do this morning in receiving communion. Take heed to yourself. Say that with me. Take heed to yourself. Not to your wife. Not to your kids. Not to anybody else, your circle of influence. You take heed to yourself. 
Now listen to this. Do not judge others. Judge yourself. Do not judge others. Judge yourself. Say that with me. Do not judge others. Judge yourself. See, this morning, communion's all about examining your heart. Where's your, where's your heart? What condition is your heart in? I can't determine that. You have to deal with God. That's between you and God. Now, here's, here's something I firmly believe. It's going to happen suddenly. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen suddenly. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians will be caught off guard. And they'll, it'll, immediately they're going to go into fear. So I'm telling you today, it's going to happen suddenly. God spoke to me. Sooner than you think. When God, when something happens, amen, it's right away. Sooner than you think. It can, it can, it's going to happen suddenly. Now here's something. I don't know how to interpret this, but I'm going to say what she said. There's an explosion coming to America. I don't know what that is. You have to be strong, ready, equipped, and prepared, full of the Holy Ghost. Let me say that again. You have to be strong, ready, equipped, prepared, full of the Holy Ghost. If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence and speaking other tongues, you need to get filled. What's the purpose of the storm? She says, number one, to get the church ready. Number two, to get people to repent. When people can't find food, they'll cry out. Now, here she's getting into someone. I'm, I'm not saying there's going to be a shortage. See, somebody already just didn't believe what I had to say. Went out the door screaming. That's what's going to happen, I think, in the days ahead with a lot of Christians. They're going to see some things happen. And it's going to shock them to their core. And if they're not abiding in the secret place and hiding in the cleft of the rock... Amen. She says the military is going to be called out. It could be martial law. And that's hard to fathom with Biden in the White House. There's an approaching storm. Those who will not get into the secret place, who will not spend time worshiping him, loving him, repenting of their sins... Asking him to deliver them from their sins. They will be left out of the camp. Ravaged with the enemies of God. The enemies of God are about to come under great judgment. Oh well God loves people. Yeah I know. God loves people. But it's time. Long overdue. Now this is what Pastor Hank had to say when we were in old. Oh, uh, Council Bluffs here. He said, things are going to heat up with intensity. The enemy will seek to divert attention with fearful moments. Now, this is, this is, you know, we have an enemy. But I'll tell you what, the deep state operates 
a lot better than the church has. Much more organized and strategic in what they do. So what the enemy will do, they'll divert, you know, like Afghanistan. Things will happen. COVID. Just diversions to keep our eyes on that while they're behind the scenes doing something else. That's how they're working. Yeah. The enemy will seek to divert attention with fearful moments. Do not be moved. Now I'm quoting Pastor Hank. Do not be moved. In other words, don't allow yourself to get into fear. There's a global reset and a global realignment taking place at this time. The enemy will make you afraid with many fearful sights, but they're just threats. Do not believe, now listen to this. This is good. Do not believe the preachers that say this is World War III as the war beats intensify. Did you get that? Do not believe the what? Preachers. So evidently there's going to be preachers saying this is it. See, their churches, their people in the body of Christ think the rapture is going to occur. And they just want to go home. That's weak and pathetic. We haven't had the harvest yet. There's a harvest to reap. A harvest of souls. We've got a job to do. Then we can go home. But too many Christians are weak. Wimpy. I'd like to say a few other things, but I'm in the house of God. So don't believe what they say about World War III. No, it's not. My fear shall fall upon the nations. Now, we're talking about godly fear now. My fear shall fall upon the nations. Men will tremble because of my might, because of the power and action of my hand, and this fear shall cause some to give up the ghost. What's that mean? They're going to die. This fear shall fall upon a handful of the guilty who have been a part of deep, deep, corruption and my fear shall grip their hearts and they will shake and they will talk and in their talking they will expose the who, what, when, why, where and how. Then he says, watch November. Okay, that's those are two things. Are you depressed yet? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. If you're a true believer, we're, I'm a rem, I'm part of the remnant church. I'm not part of the rest of the church that's weak and wimpy. I'm part of the remnant church. Now look at Isaiah 26, and I want to show you what God showed me this week before I even did this and, and transcribed some of this. I want you to look in Isaiah. Chapter 26. Now, as I read these scriptures and I ran references as I was studying this, it goes back to Exodus chapter 12, where the children of Israel were instructed to apply the blood to the door. And this is the word, this is, and then I'm going to read it to you from the Living Bible. Come, my people, enter your what? Chambers. Shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself as it were. Now say it. My, my translation, New King James says, for a little moment. 
What's yours say? For a little moment. Until the indignation is past. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Go into 27, verse 1. In that day, the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, that twisted serpent, and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. Leviathan, in, in my Bible, it says, is the name of a creature of chaos in ancient mythology, which Isaiah uses as a type of God's enemies who were incited by Satan. It thus personifies evil, which God will ultimately slay. So, now let me read it to you from the Living Bible. Just a little bit different says this, go home, my people, lock the doors, hide for a little while while the Lord's wrath against your enemies has passed. Look, the Lord is coming from the heavens to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide the murderers. You can't murder 65 million plus babies and hide from God. The guilty will be found. In that day, the Lord will take his terrible swift sword and punish Leviathan, the swiftly moving serpent, the coiling, writhing serpent, the dragon of the sea. Goes on, I'll I'll read one more verse. It says, in that day of Israel's freedom, well, this, I believe, applies to us today, this nation, Let the anthem be their song. So there's going to be celebration. We've heard that prophetically. There's, we're, but the thing is, we, we need to, you walk by faith, not by sight. So you can celebrate before the event takes place. What is that? That's faith. That's faith. Blessed are those that haven't seen, but, but believed. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, enter your chambers. Let me read to you, or you can turn if you want to, to Exodus chapter 12, because we're talking about, you know, the day's events and what's coming and, and why we need to abide in Christ. In Him we live and move and have our being. But in Exodus chapter 12, verse 21, it says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Do you see the significance of the blood? How important the blood covenant is. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's the blood. 
Say it's the blood. Look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. I had a sermon all prepared. (laughs) And then I, I realized that we needed to do this. Psalm 91. It refers to, you know, the secret place. It says, he who dwells in the what? Secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, I will say... Say that. I will say. So what's that mean you and I need to do? I will say. You got to speak it. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God. In him I will trust. So when we see things happen in the days ahead. He is my refuge. My fortress. My God. In him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. I'll never forget this story. This gentleman taught at Bible school and he wrote a book and in the, in the, he mentions, he's referring to the secret place and, and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty or being covered with his feathers. There is a woman and she, this true story was out on the street and it was, it was dark and it was a questionable area of town and she had a purse and somebody came up behind her and pulled the purse. And she tried to think of Psalm 91 and all she could think of was feathers. So she screamed, feathers, feathers! And it shook the guy up, he ran away. He didn't get her purse. Well, she did. See, God's mercy. If you don't know the word... I mean, he knows your, the intent of your heart. Say what you can say. Amen. I would hope you'd say more than feathers. Amen. Look at uh, Psalm 27. Psalm 27. See, these are, these are psalms and scriptures that, that just build that trust in God. Psalm 27, look at verse 1, this Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. So we're going to see some enemies in the days ahead stumble and fall. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. So, do you see the kind of attitude you need to have? And what you need to project? Psalm 31. Psalm 31. Oh, how great is your goodness, verse 19, which you've laid up for those who fear you. How many of you fear God today? Raise your hand. He says, he's laid goodness up for you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. In the presence of the sons of men, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. I like that. Secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Secret place of your presence. 
And you're saying to me, maybe, what do you mean by secret place? Every day, you need to get into your secret place. I don't know where your secret place is. I sit back here in the dark, right in the second row and just in the dark. It's my secret place. It's because that's where I get into God's presence. How do you get into God's presence? You've got to get in the Word. You've got to pray. And it's more than our Father which art in heaven. You better pray in the Spirit and know how to pray in tongues. You've got to get in your secret place. You've got to get to that every day. Every day you get in that place. And I know you're busy. You're young. You have responsibilities. You have children. You have jobs. You've got this and you've got that. But I'm warning you, do not be distracted in the days ahead from your secret place. Whatever you're involved in, convention of states is not more, more important than the, your secret place. We all have, are called to do things, but we can't do them effectively unless you get into your secret place. The secret place of His presence. What generates the presence of God is worship. What generates, you know, the, the presence of God is praying, crying out to Him, com communing with Him every day, spirit to spirit. Amen? Psalms 32. Verse 7, it says, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now, here's verse 9. Are you listening? Or should I just quit with verse 8? Do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Say this, mercy. The mercy of God surrounds me and my family. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So that's the way we need to be. That need, this needs to be our attitude. So those are some things that, that I wanted to give you prophetically. You know, when it says God is going to arise, means he's going to get up. <laughs> and when God gets up off the throne and takes care of business, look out. Now, as we prepare, why don't you come up? As we prepare for communion, I want to share some things. And you can play if you want to quietly behind me. These are three things that God spoke to my heart this year. And I don't mean just, just you know, after reading the word and... It, it was a rhema. you got to know the difference between logos and rhema. Logos is the written word. Rhema is, yeah. And when God speaks to you, you know that you know that you know he spoke. So these are some things that God spoke to me. 
I wrote them down. I wrote the date. The first one was May 5th, my wife's birthday. And these are the words the Spirit of God spoke to me. Fellow ground. Fellow. Not fellow. Fellow. F-A-L-L-O-W. Ground. Fellow ground. Fellow means to remain uncultivated, unused, and unproductive. Let me say that again. What kind of ground? It's fellow ground that remains uncultivated, unused, and unproductive. Unbroken. Hard. And that refers people to your heart. I can't tell you the condition of your heart. You can read in Mark chapter 4 or Matthew about the four types of soil. Amen? In Hosea 10 verse 12 it says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fellow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He comes and rains righteousness on you. One translation says, Plow the hard ground of your heart. As I said earlier, I don't know some of you that well. Some I do. I don't know the condition of your heart. But God does. He knows if you're sold out for Him or not. He knows whether you're believing the prophets in this hour or not. He knows if you're diverting all your attention to the affairs of life and things that are going on around you instead of putting your eyes up to Him. You and I, as we prepare for communion, I want you to think about your heart. What condition is your heart in? Is it hard? Is it is it good ground? It's ready to receive the seed of God's word. You have to examine your heart. I have to examine my heart in this hour. Nobody can do it but you. Like I said earlier, don't judge others. Judge yourself. Circumcise your hearts. It talks about being prepared spiritually. I want my heart, I want your heart to be prepared for the days ahead. But you're going to have to get in the secret place on a regular basis to prepare your heart for what's coming. So you'll not be caught unaware. Remember Noah when he said it's going to rain? Uh, you're an idiot. You're crazy. There came a day it rained. The door, God shut them into the ark. And there are people out there going, I'd like a boat ride. It was too late. You and I need to be spiritually prepared for the days ahead. So what condition is your heart in? Think about it right now as I continue. Search your heart. Are you totally committed? Are you on fire for God and the things of God? Are you lukewarm? Just getting by like a lot of Christians out there. 
going through the motions, not seeking God, not getting into the secret place. The next word he gave me was on September 6th. And he said this, he said, marshal the forces, which means to arrange troops in order. So my job is to marshal the forces. It's to get you motivated, to get your poop in a group. Can I say that? You're not offended, Steve, are you? I knew Steve wouldn't be. You got to get ready. Some of you I don't see every week. Some of you come when it's convenient. That ain't going to cut it in the days ahead. You need to be planted in the Word. You need to be planted, Psalm 92, in the house of the Lord so you can flourish. I got people, people, family here drive all the way from Crofton every Sunday to go to church. What's your excuse? Well, most of you come, so it's the ones that aren't here. So tell them to listen to the... No, that's... I realize we all have things. I get that. But if you don't make coming to church a priority, you're missing out. And you're hurting the body of Christ by not allowing your gift to function. Marshal the forces. Find your place. Function in your gifts. Make yourself available to serve. Did you hear that? Pastor Brad's done everything in the last few years. He's been, he'd be maintenance, he'd be construction, he'd be children's church, he'd do this and do that. Both he and, you know, Courtney. And that's, that's all right to a point, but now that's ended. His, his grace is lifted. I've got to have somebody take over maintenance of the church because it's not getting done. It's going to take men stepping up to the plate to say, Pastor, I'll do that. Just the way it is. He's, his heart is in children's church and we need those children that are going to be coming in. They need to be pastored effectively. We're going to need a youth minister. It's one thing at a time. I get that. But you've got to make yourself available. Then the, the, the third one, the last one, just last week, last Sunday morning, as I walked to the other building, these words both came up in my heart, knit together, knit together, knit together. And that's covenant talk. It means to bind together in order to be stronger. So we're going to have to come together, folks, in this church body. And we're all different. Everyone say, I'm different. And look at your neighbor and say, you're really different. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> we need each other. We need to function together. If we come together in our gifts, and some people leave because they didn't like my, the way my, I preach and the way I'm in your face a lot. Well, that's all right. Amen? Be blessed, be filled, be warm, be gone. That's, that's not love. It's the way I am. Because I'm on a mission. To get you trained to do the work of the ministry.
to function in your gifts, to not be weak and fearful, to rise up as the church should. We come together like that, we'll be able to deal with so much. Amen? Now, let's switch and go into communion. I've said enough. If you haven't began to, begun to search your hearts, then shame on you. When you know we're going to have communion, you should deal with that even before you walk through the doors here in the church. Are you awake? Are you scared? You shouldn't be. But I want you to do a search right now. Close your eyes before we go any farther. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you raise your hand for anything. This is between you and God. Father, I pray. I've given your people, Lord, what I felt you wanted me to give them this day. To warn them. To prepare. To get into the secret place. To draw near to you. Lord, you know where this church is at corporately. You know what we have need of. You know the gifts that are resident within everyone here today. And even those that are not present. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to deal with hearts. That you speak to them, even in the night seasons. That you stir up, Holy Spirit, a hunger and a desire to know Jesus more than ever before. A hunger and a desire to get into the secret place day after day. Holy Spirit, I thank You. You're the Spirit of grace. Move upon our hearts individually at Harvest Church. Move upon our hearts corporately, Lord. I pray Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, Your Word states if we confess our sins, You're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord, you're a God of mercy. You're gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. You are good to all, and your tender mercies are over all your works. Thank you, Lord. You're a merciful God. We love you. We honor you. We want to be used in this last day's great revival of souls. So, Lord, Help us, by your Spirit, prepare spiritually for the days ahead. And everyone said in Jesus' name, Amen. Now, let me read you this. Let me give you a few instructions. And then I'll have the ushers wait upon you. But I want to give you just a basic understanding of communion. It won't take me but a few minutes. Jesus came to show us what God the Father is like and to introduce us to His love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 15, 9, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
there's no greater love than that which Jesus Christ portrayed for you and I on the cross at Calvary. That's the ultimate in love. It's the true sacrifice. The communion table is a love covenant, a love feast in which we affirm our love for God the Father, for Jesus, and for each other. So this morning we're coming together to express our love to who? Our, our Creator, our Father God. We're, we've come together this morning to receive communion, to express our love and gratitude to who? Jesus, our soon coming King. And then finally, we're here today corporately as a body, as a family, to express our love to each other. I love you. And hope you'd love me. We don't have to like each other. But we're called to love each other. You have no choice but to love me. I have no choice but to love you sheep. Amen? So the communion tables, is, it's, it's a love feast. Say love feast. The bread represents the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Lamb of God. The fruit of the vine, the juice, or the wine represents the bleeding sacrifice of the covenant cut. You cannot have a covenant without the shedding of blood. For without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there's no remission of sin. So, the fruit of the vine represents the bleeding sacrifice and the covenant cut. Almighty God coming to our rescue through His Son, Jesus. And when you partake of the bread and juice, you are saying, Now listen, Father, I freely accept the circumcision of my heart and my covenant relationship with you. Now listen to this. All you have is mine. And all I have is yours. Say that with me. All you have is mine, and all I have is yours. Have you come to the point where you can say all I have is yours? You need to. What the blood of Jesus Christ says to you or speaks to us this. Number one, you're justified. You're declared innocent, just like in a courtroom. Not guilty. Say not guilty. See, that's what the blood of Jesus says. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Number two, you're redeemed. Say, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. You and I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? <coughs> Sickness. Death, amen, poverty, lack, and death. You and I have been redeemed from that. Number three, you have peace. Say, the blood of Jesus gives me peace. <coughs> Excuse me. Colossians 1.20, we have peace through the blood of his cross. Do you know in the days ahead, whatever happens, you can have what? Peace. That was pretty full. 
peace. The next one is you're God's property. Say, I'm God's property. Hebrews 13, 12 says, Therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. Sanctify means this. You're sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You're set apart by the blood of Jesus. It simply means you're set apart for God's use. You and I are God's property. Let that sink in. You are God's property. The devil has no hold on you. That's why you can resist him and he has to flee. The blood of Jesus cries out, Devil, take your hands off of God's property. So the next time you feel attacked, what can you do? Rise up and say, Devil, you have no right to come against God's property. That's what sanctification is. Then the the fifth thing, the blood of Jesus gives you eternal salvation. It's not, you're not going to live 10,000 years. It's eternity. Eternal salvation. So you're going to be married to me eternally. (laughs) You can visit other people in heaven. I'm sure you will. Number six, you're cleansed. Sam cleansed. Verse John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Thank God when we miss it, that blood cleanses us. His blood cleanses our sins, past, present, and future. Number seven, you're washed in the blood of Jesus. Revelation 1, 5, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And I like this last one, number eight. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have victory. Say victory. Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So you and I overcome the devil not by good works, not by our religious affiliation, not by being a good person, our own righteousness, but we overcome by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Ushers, if you'd kindly wait upon the people. I want to sing. We're going to sing this song as they wait on you. Just remember, it's a love feast. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's one bread pulled in half because we're one body. Just wait on everybody to be served and then we'll stand up and partake together. Thank you. We worship you. visiting with us this this day you're more than welcome to receive at the Lord's table if you're a born again Christian amen
Father, this morning, we thank you for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his precious blood. And we remember you, Jesus. Our eyes are on you, Lord Jesus. We set our affections on things above and take our eyes off the things of this world today. And we declare, Lord God, how precious is your blood. We worship you. We honor you. We thank you, Father, for the, for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ today. That body that was bruised and whipped, broken, crucified on a cross. You were made sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. You suffered for us. You died for us. You were resurrected by the glory and power of Almighty God for us. And because of that, we can come boldly before Your throne of grace this morning to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We remember Your body. We remember that we are one body at Harvest Church coming together, functioning in our gifts to advance the kingdom of God in Norfolk, Nebraska, Northeast Nebraska, this state, this nation. We thank you that this is a love feast. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we truly love one another. We receive this bread that represents your body today. And with your stripes we're healed. We thank you this morning for the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you that the life is in the blood. So we have your, your life, Lord, resident within us supernatural life eternal life we thank you Lord that blood we've learned this morning justifies us, redeems us has made us righteous sanctified us, given us peace, we're God's property we're standing before you today the righteousness of God in Christ, clean, washed from our sin and we have the ultimate victory through your precious blood. We remember that today and we receive it with reverential fear and respect in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we lift our hands and we give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We're grateful, Lord, for the communion table. We're grateful, Lord God, that we have a covenant with you. And that covenant will protect us in the days ahead. Therefore, we'll not fear. But Lord God, will rest and hide in the secret place of your presence. We worship you. We honor you today. Our Savior, our Healer our provider. All that is represented in the communion table. We thank you for it. We receive it 
and we act upon it in the days ahead. We believe you, Lord, and we believe your prophets in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Now, I know I said a lot, but I hope I said something that registered with you. Amen. We're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's act like it, talk like it, think like it, and walk in the power and authority that God has given us. Amen. Anything else? Oh, I guess I'm not a preacher that just wants your money, huh? Wednesday night prayer. Oh, donut day next Sunday. But let's receive our offering. If you have your tithes and offerings, ushers will quickly wait upon you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. He's given us authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Greater is he that is in you and I than he that is in the world. Amen. What overcomes the world? What gives us victory? Our faith in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Well, hopefully next week I can continue preaching. God bless you. If you visited us today, hope we didn't scare you. I hope to put the fear of God in you, though. Amen. God bless you, people. Have a good week.